Hello and welcome. It's Motivational Monday. And today, Monday is special because we are flying high. We have a special guest with absolutely amazing background. And it's Dominic Tyke, who used to be, well, he's going to tell he, you himself. Hello, Dominic. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Jim. How are you guys today? We're doing borderline perfect, my friend, and we're honored to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us more about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am actually currently a uh, military um, instructor pilot in the F-16. Uh, I'm a dad. I'm married. I got four kids. Um, I love outdoor sports, downhill skiing. Um, I grew up in a family band traveling around into uh, the uh, parts of Canada above Washington, Idaho, Montana. Uh, been all over the world. I've uh, been deployed a couple of times and been on temporary duty assignments over 30 times around the world and uh, just want to help help people give back a little bit to uh, help people refine and define their own purpose so they can be uh, inspired to live a more uh, significant life. Now, for those of our audience who can't see Dominic live right now, Dominic has the brightest smile on his face. He looks utterly at peace. I mean, it's like he's having a perpetual Zen moment, which is wonderful. <laughs> well, I well, think I, that I, I wish that was the uh, that fit actual reality. But I, the, the ra reality, the truth of it is um, I don't roll out of bed in the morning thinking that the day is going to be peaceful and and nice to me. I roll out of the uh, out of bed in the morning going, there's probably going to be some problems today. And I'll just I'll take those as they as they show up. <laughs> well, I think that's what how we want to see any pilot smiling and calm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's, well, there's some truth behind that. <laughs> so today we talk about the purpose, and I know you have great insight about how to refine the purpose. Yeah. So, so before we get to the, the the action piece, of course, I think what's important to know. Um, you know, a number of years ago, I had a pretty big mental crash. And um, I think a lot of people um, don't. Um, so fighter pilots, we plan, execute, and then debrief. And our debriefs, um, learning how to debrief can be painful because you're going to expose a lot of the, the issues that you had uh, in your own life. And if you are like me, and probably still like me, I'm a prideful person, and I'm trying to work on being more humble, right? So as you're learning these painful mistakes that are your mistakes, um, those can be difficult, right? So as I as I went through my mental crash and I'm going to counseling, you know, for months and months and months, trying to like pull myself back up, um, some things that I learned um, throughout that process is um, one of the life lessons was purpose, right? So what purpose do I have? And I think, you know, if you read, this isn't a new concept. If you read Viktor Frankl's book, um, man's search for meaning i think is what it's called but meaning so purpose intentionality meaning um, what's the reason behind what i'm doing all of those things kind of fit into the bigger picture and so i started asking myself that and and i've i've come to a couple of different very simple steps and the first one is if i'm going to do something i have to ask why right what what purpose does this have in my bigger story and can I at least achieve some level of competence in that? So competence is kind of the first step, but before I even do that, I ask myself, why am I doing this? The second step being, you know, I wanna be really good at it. So if I'm gonna start something, um, even as a fighter pilot or I was a civilian instructor pilot, 
um, a downhill skier. Um, you know, I, I, when I start something, I, I want it, I want it to be completed and I want to be really good at it. So how do I achieve some sort of level of working genius within that sphere? Um, and people could loosely define that as success, right? The problem with um, starting out on the wrong foot without purpose or the long-term story, right? So what your life story, keeping, keeping it going all the way until you're six feet under, if you don't start with that question, then as you're trying to get competence, you'll get frustrated because you're not doing something that really serves the bigger you and serves the people, more importantly, the people around you, which I'm getting at. So there's competence first. There's a working level of genius that goes into that. If you've got your why correct, if you've got that long-term goal. And then the last piece of it is when you go, hey, if I achieve success, whatever you'd define that as, that is kind of, um, at least for me, a lot of times if I would say I was successful or the business was successful for me, that turned inward towards me. And I think the next step after that is go, what is the significance of everything that I'm doing for everybody else, right? So if I look at single seat mindset, that company that we started, we give all of the profits to a children's cancer nonprofit. So I took the money for me aspect and gave that away. We are capturing fighter pilot stories in a book series called single seat wisdom. So fighter pilots are giving to the children's cancer nonprofit and there, and I am helping them get their stories published. Um, so the purpose is a lot more. It's a, it's a lot of significance. We're giving back to the current and future generations, right? People can't undo these stories after I'm gone. But if I started a real estate empire, um, I mean, my kids could fight over the real estate, sell it all off and blow all of that wealth, you know, in a year. So I think that's kind of to sum it all up was, you know, ask yourself why, like why, what would be, as you're getting ready to start something and you're defining that you don't need, it doesn't need to be perfect. You, you need to start taking action because that's how we learn, but ask the bigger why, what purpose does that have before I achieve competence, before I'm successful? And then, you know, what significance does that have for the bigger picture? That was kind of the, something that has really helped me as I've moved forward and, and got my mindset uh, correct. So, so I'm really curious. I mean, that was wonderful to hear about the objective, the purpose, why, the why we're doing things. I remember being in a community meeting years ago, and uh, if when they started this, the, the meeting, wherever it was, even if we're picking up paper at the local park, they always talked about the mission. Why sure. are we doing this? And what do we want to obtain as a goal? When you were in school growing up, did you ever imagine that you'd be a fighter pilot? Um, so, yes and no. Um, I think there was, um, you know, as I was growing up, my my dad bought me a little plastic F four fighter jet that we put together on the kitchen table for my seventh birthday. I still have it. Um, it's one of the few things that I have kept my whole life. Um, and I was always enamored by airplanes. I loved airplanes, so I knew I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a fighter pilot from an early age. Some people don't, but I had no clue how to get there. And I think, um, you know, for those that are maybe maybe have already achieved success or whatever, and, and part of what I love doing is giving back, is I look at some very significant life events, and one of them is building that fighter fighter jet model. The second one is my my dad's brother, he was a mechanic um, for Alaskan Airlines, and he took me to the flight deck while 
the maintainers were doing engine runs. And so I got to stand in the flight deck and see a guy that's a mechanic and be like, well, if so my logic at 12 years old was if I become a mechanic, then I can talk to pilots and I can learn how to fly. So fast forward, I'm at 16 years old and I'm, I enrolled in a community college's aircraft maintenance program. And as I was getting ready to start, before I started the counselor, she's like, I have this little pamphlet. It's the last one that I have. And it was the local flight school. And I'd always wanted to fly. I liked, I was, I restored a car. So I, I knew how to wrench on things and I've built engines and wired cars and painted stuff. And so I, I, I knew that I would enjoy that, but I really wanted to fly. So I went down to the local um, flight school, the civilian flight school, and the rest is history. I started, I, I actually dropped out of the mechanic school and enrolled in the flight school at 16. I started actually flying airplanes at 16. And I was, I was so fortunate to have had all of those little steps. And I guess the bigger point is if you are a coach or a guide, um, you, you don't really know the impact that you're having on other people until potentially many years later on. And so that's really inspired me to, um, to help, help those that, you know, you, you, you'll meet those people, right. That are just driven and you're like, you're going somewhere, but you need a little vector. And if they can listen, which is not always the case, but if they'll listen, you can give them little nuggets of information um, that can really, I mean, in my case, really alter the vector of my entire life. Well, people listen to you now and think that's like impossible. They're making this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I thought for so many years. And then I found myself in college and one of the college professors, he was a retired A-10 fighter pilot. And I went up to him because I was at this point now I was eight, 18 and I was taking college classes and and I was like, I really want to be a fighter pilot. I've been flying. I've been doing all this stuff. And his last name was Davidson. So logically, his call sign would be Harley. So Harley Davidson looked at me as a young kid and goes, hell, kid, I did it. You can do it. And so he gave me permission to at least try right um, to give that dream give it a go you know <laughs> that's impressive <laughs> it is well it, it really is well dominic uh, i have a question it looks like the system have shifted like before we were programmed programmed to go to school the college and then career for many years and then retire so the system have shifted in the way that we are allowed to change our career any many times as many as we want and then ultimately many people get to the point where we are ready to start building legacy helping others so why do you think we see that shift through the generations for the past decades um i think it's a very it, it, one word purpose and we we kind of already talked about that but um i think a lot of people are starting to ask themselves why why should I go climb the corporate ladder for 45 years and then at 65 to 70 years old um, be in terrible health, yes. uh, hate, hate my job, and I've amassed all of this wealth, this millions and millions of dollars, but I've neglected my family, I've my friends hate me, you know, so there's no purpose behind it. And so a lot of our, our schools, our educational systems um, attempt to um, guide children at an early age to go to college, but they don't tell them the why behind it. 
And even young kids can understand this. Well, why should you go to college? Why should you go? You know, I tell my kids, my, my daughter is, um, she's not even 10 yet, but she's writing her first book because I've written, we're getting ready to publish our fifth book now, but she's writing her first book. And she's like, dad, I don't want to go to college. And I'm like, you don't need to go to college. You're going to write your, you're going to publish your first book at 10 or 11 years old. Like by the time you're 20, um, if you work at it, that's, there's a lot going on. So, but I think the bigger, the bigger question is purpose. Um, and I, I can't, I'd be talking out two sides of my mouth if I, um, spit on college because I could not have done or nor could I be where I am now had I not gone to college, right? Because learning to fly airplanes, I'm getting accepted to the military, at least in the United States, you have to have a four year degree. That's an entry requirement. I have a master's degree. I've been through a bunch of military schools and I've learned a lot from all that stuff. But my purpose was defined. I want to be a fighter pilot. I, you know, and then I want to help other fighter pilots. So I had a bigger purpose behind it. But if you just tell a kid to go get a business degree, at a college because everybody else is doing it, they're going to get lost just like all of the other business kids at school because there's no purpose behind it. So I think that would be the one word is before you take action, you got to start with that, that purposeful approach. Um, and a lot of times it won't be entirely clear. Well, well that's impressive. And what reason I say it's impressive is because there's so many of us that are, we, we, we've tried things, we've failed at them, and then we get to be 45, 50 years old. We wonder, what is there left for me? Can I pick myself up and do it? But you, you're not that age yet, but you've picked yourself up a few times, haven't you? Yes. And I, I think that the piece to that is, again, if you're looking for a peaceful day and serenity and you're, and you're, you're just expecting that everything's going to go well all the time. You're in for you're in for a, a surprise because I mean, if you look at I think Michael Jordan's like shooting record, even right, he the baskets that he made on the court in a game were I think less than thirty percent. So if you want to define those as failures, define them as an event, right? That event he missed the basket, but that doesn't mean that he as a person is a failure, right? And so I think that's a, a, an important piece is failure. Um, at least the event is part of the learning process, but you only learn that as a human, like you had, had mentioned earlier, Jim, is you have to take action because you can sit down and refine your business plan all day long, but that's the plan. You need to start putting that plan into execution because when you execute, that's when you start to poke holes in your plan. And more importantly, at the end of that, you need to debrief it. What went wrong? Could I have done stuff better? Was it my fault? Was it luck? That's the tricky one is if you were successful, was it luck? Because you may not debrief yourself. It may have been just a lucky break. Well, just like we call it with some of my clients, the formula is action or excuse. It's either you're making excuses or you take an action towards something bigger than the goal. Yeah. So another question, Dominic, uh, how you break through, you mentioned, and we know for a fact that not everyone is ready to listen to ready to take that help to get that direction to find that purpose what tools do you use how do you manage to help others who are not ready who are not sure if they're ready to listen yeah so a very um simple thing that i started doing um a number of years ago and it was when i was having you know when i like i had mentioned before when i was going through that uh 
I wouldn't call it a mental breakdown because I wasn't um, completely physically and mentally gone. Um, I knew I had identified, it was the first, <laughs> first time in my life where I was stepping out the door with all of my gear on to go lead a fighter pilot um, sortie so that we, we don't fly by ourselves. Uh, most of the time, we're, we're not flying just as one aircraft. There's a, a bunch of other aircrafts, and I'm leading the whole thing. And I remember just before stepping out the door, the guy sitting behind the desk, he asked me, are, are you guys all ready to fly? And I said, I'm not ready. And that was the first time in my career that I did that. So I think there was a little bit of um, pain that had motivated me to that point to go, you know, this is the, I'm not, I'm not okay. And so that's, that's a, I don't know if that's something that you can, uh, it's a learned behavior, right? And maybe it was just that I had gotten to a point where I was just in so much pain that I needed to, I needed to get my mind right. So that, I think that was the, the most important first step. But as I was going through that, an actionable step that anybody can take, regardless of where you are um, in the spectrum or your personality or whatever, what I started doing, because I had a little bit more control over this, was going to bed early. And what I mean is I wouldn't look at my social media, I wouldn't binge watch Netflix shows, I wouldn't um, stay up late, I wouldn't uh, you know, drink a beer and eat a bag of chips. So I'd go to bed early, and I know it's an oversimplified concept, but more importantly, it allowed me to wake up early. and waking up early i was most people are not morning people but you can learn to be one and if you don't want to be a morning person go to bed five minutes earlier than you normally would wake up five minutes earlier start there um, i started really early in the morning um, i tried 15 minutes i failed miserably but i call it my five minute rule um, i can go a little bit longer than that now but five minutes in the morning I sit in silence. If you're religious, that's a good time to pray. It's a good time to meditate, to close your eyes, and to just sit in the stillness, which our culture does not give us. It's go, 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 achieve, achieve, be successful, crash, pick yourself back up, and it's never, it's nonstop. So that those five sacred minutes in the morning help you formulate your intention for the day. And I think that's the, the most important piece there is go to bed a little bit earlier, wake up. If you can't do 15 minutes, do five. Everybody's got, if you don't have five minutes for yourself, then I, I can't, I can't help you. So if you're going to put something into action, sit down for five minutes. If those thoughts inside your brain will not stop, what I started doing is I put a pen and paper by myself while I closed my eyes or prayed or whatever. And I would write all of those thoughts out. I'd get them out of my head and I'd go back to that silence, the stillness, the quiet. And I'd go, if I look back at the end of today and I say, I did this one thing, not priorities, plural, singular, one priority, what is my big thing I'm going to do today? That's how you can formulate your intention. And you may not know it. In fact, for me, it took a couple of years <laughs> of practicing mindfulness and meditation and prayer and all this stuff to go, hey, this is where I'm going. This can be the thing there. So you may not get it right away. In fact, I think most people won't. But as a learned behavior, as a practice and as a habit, it's super important to start with that and keep going after it. Don't give up after a week. Don't give up after a year. How do you know what you're how do you know where you're going in your life? If you know what I tell some of the younger fighter pilots, if you walk into work, if you walk into the fighter squadron and early in the morning and you sprinted out of bed, you're gulping down your coffee, you're ragtag, you don't have your uniform together. If you don't have an intention for your day, the first person you run into is going to give you their 
plan and their intention for the day. And then you're going to end up burnt out at the end of the day, just like you did yesterday. So why not formulate that in the morning for five minutes, five minutes. It's simple. That is really good, good advice. It is great. So our dear listeners, go work with Dominic. It's singlestickmindset.com. You can find link to his website in the description to this episode. Dominic, thank you very much. That was impressive. All right, and you can't go yet. I have this question I have to ask. Okay. All right. I've been dying to ask a fighter pilot or any pilot this question. Did you ever, did, the first time you went up, did you get air sickness? I did not. However, I think that my childhood lent to me not getting sick because I wrote, I grew up downhill skiing and riding dirt bikes and kind of, I lived out in the country. Um, and I think what I would say is if somebody did start flying and they got airsick, that's not something to be mad about uh, or mm -hmm. upset about because it happens to the best of us. I mean, I have really good friends that are pilots that got airsick when they first started flying because it's a very un human thing to do <laughs> god didn't put wings on us when we when we were born um but no to answer your question i mean long story long i i've i've gotten air sick one time but it was my own fault because i ate a chili dog on a hot arizona afternoon and i went out and flew on instruments in bumpy weather and it shook me up but i didn't even throw up that day i just i felt like crap um but I, I would say that if somebody is start, starting to learn how to fly and you get airsick, that's not a reason to quit. In fact, that's a reason to just grit through it and, and, and know that other people have done that and they've been pilots too. Okay, last question. Last, <laughs> last question. My fifth graders would ask, Mr. Dominic, did you ever, are you afraid of heights? <laughs> um, I think that's, that, it, I think it depends, right? So if I was on a, a tightrope with no restraints, I'm afraid of heights. I think most people are. If I was at the top of the Eiffel Tower, like again with no restraints, looking over the edge, I'm you know I'm afraid of heights. If I'm at the edge of the Grand Canyon because I live in Arizona and my kids are close to the edge, I'm afraid. But in a fighter jet, I have lap belt, seat kit, shoulder harness, clip across the chest. I mean, we are strapped into that thing. And if we eject, I'm sitting on a rocket engine and a nice seat that has a very good reliability record. And then I have a parachute. Um, so I think within the context, um, I think contextually, yes, I am afraid of heights in certain situations, but uh, in regards to being in an airplane, looking out the window and being like, I'm high up, that doesn't really scare me. Well, I've watched Lucy get dizzy standing on the porch, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Twice. <laughs> well, it was you. <laughs> okay. Well, Dominic, thank you very much for joining us and answering this question. I think Jim is willing to ask if he can become the fire, fighter pilot still, but he's <laughs> hesitant. <laughs> no, no, well, thank no, you. no, 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 no. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on your show, Jim and Lucy. I Thank appreciate you, my you guys. Friends. We'll talk later on, okay? All right. Bye-bye.